Welcome to the Authentic Deb Podcast. I'm Debbie and I'm your host for All Things Authentic. This podcast exists to bring people just like yourself from all over the world to share our stories, laugh at ourselves, and encourage each other along the way. Get ready to laugh, cry, and be empowered, but most of all to be you, because being you is enough. All right, well, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Authentic Deb Podcast. Today we have another installment of Can You Pray the Gay Away? where we're gonna discuss uh, with my guest, Janica, just kind of her story, and just see what comes up to encourage you all. So without further ado, I just wanna introduce Janica from Atlanta, Georgia. Janica, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, we'll just kind of go from there. We'll see what comes up. Um, I'm Janica. I, um, I'm in quarantine right now, as we all are. Um, uh, before that, I was actually just working as a server um, here in Atlanta at a, like, uh, there's this place called the Beltline. It's like a, a long, multi-use trail all around Atlanta, and it's got, like, shopping and entertainment, and um, I work at a, a speakeasy, actually, on the Beltline. We, of course, had to close up because of everything that's going on. But uh, that's been a very interesting experience the last year or so. Um, and I also, prior to that, did a um, three-month uh, software engineering immersive here in Atlanta. And that was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. But I'm glad that I took it on um, as a challenge because I wasn't sure about it. But um, it was actually fun as it was difficult, but it was a lot of fun. Also. Was that the same thing that Elijah was doing? Um, he ended up doing UX UI. So okay. user experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. He did that with uh, Georgia tech. Actually. I did mine with general assembly here in Atlanta. Yeah. And are you going to use that later down the road or did you just take you know, it to challenge yourself? Well, I took it to challenge myself, but also, you know, I was thinking definitely um, opening doors for a new um, career opportunity. Um, and so I'm still, you know, I'm still working on it. But yeah, I definitely, I have some connections. So, you know, I've been talking around to some friends of mine. It, it was definitely a good, like, introduction to try to, you know, get my foot in the door when it comes to software engineering, but just kind of like, I don't know, just finding what exactly I like to do is, yeah. is it websites? I, I think we're all in process for that. I mean, I'm, I'm older than you by a good little bit. and It's still a life is just a journey of figuring out not just what we're good at, but what we're passionate about. Definitely. Um, yeah. As far as that goes, I didn't see you as a server in a speakeasy though. So what is a speakeasy? Know, right? Exactly. Um, it's like a secret bar. So like, you know, in <laughs> times like yeah, they couldn't drink or they had to hide the fact that they were drinking so that there would be bars in other, other things. So ours, if you just walk by, it looks like a coffee shop because it's actually a coffee shop during the day in the front. Yeah. Um, there's bookcases on either side of the wall and they actually open up to the back. So there are doors to get to the actual bar area. Yeah. 
oh, that's cool. I'm not a big bar person. I like wine, you know. Wine and margaritas, those are my vices in life. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, how fun. That sounds like fun, though. Is there music yeah. or anything? I mean, is there live music or? Um, we've had, like, uh, DJs, you know, on certain nights. But, um, you know, unless somebody hires, like, has a private party, so they do their own thing. So, uh, but mostly just, like, DJs and um, it's it's always super busy. It's become a, a popular spot. Wow. Well, I don't. Well, we were gonna be there in July, but obviously that's all messed up now. So uh, it'd be uh, how did, before we even get into our topic. How did you end up a bartender? Not a bartender, a server at a speakeasy. Well, I was actually so I was actually doing mortgage a year ago. That's why I'm saying I'm trying to get I'm trying yeah. to get the interjet yeah. here. I well, I got laid off. Um, okay. The bank was going through a merger with another bank, and um, most of my department actually got let go of. Um, but beyond that, I uh, so I that's when I decided, you know, this is a good time to do the software engineering, um, and also, you know, that three month program. And also, I got a scholarship to do it, so I was like, you know, that's awesome, yeah. perfect. So I did that, and then toward the end of it, I was like, you know what, I'm running out of money. I need to line something up. And my friend actually at the time was the owner. Um, and so she was like, come work for me. Cause you know, she knew that I've done like, you know, some light serving and um, I was, I've been a barista for like 20 years. So, okay. was, you know, come work in the coffee shop. And from there I just kind of took on more, you know, a full-time role. They kind of helped, were trying to help me like, you know, while I was kind of in between, it was supposed yeah. to be a temporary thing. Um, and it became more of a full-time thing, but it, it pays the bills and, um, there's lots of opportunity cause it's open late. So I can work in the coffee shop. I can, you know, serve tables. I can host, like there's just, you know, yeah. there's always to do. So it's kind yeah. of been my between thing that, that became a little more permanent than expected. But you're enjoying it, right? Yeah. I love it. I love, I mean, I've worked with some really great people. That's awesome. So now you're quarantined. Um, yeah. we have a, we, I'm working from home. I've been working from home the last month. I'm blessed to be able to do that with my company. Um, but, um, I'm kind of ready to get back in the office, you know, okay. <laughs> you know, just to be annoyed, you know, it's just like, you know, we were laughing, like I want to get back in the office just so I can, you know, look at you and say, go away. You know, I mean, we, we play a lot at the office and so it's kind right. of like a family, you know, so be kind of nice to get back i won't yeah. miss the commute but i don't miss the commute that's the nice part saving tons on gas i'm not going yeah. anywhere though so. right you know so but you're not feeling any symptoms or anything right you're just quarantined in the house because what the state is doing yeah yeah okay. no uh, my job closed like there's really no place for me to go. Um, my mom actually lives with my sister, but she's older. She's 80. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to go, you know, quarantine at their house and be with my nephews and everything. But then, you know, me and my sister were talking about it. And it's like, you know what, let's just all stay where we are because we don't want to like expose her or risk her any more than we need exactly. to. Do, so. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I was supposed to fly home to Seattle for my parents 60th wedding anniversary in March. Oh, wow. And we had it planned for a year and, um, you know, they're in their eighties, 83, 81. And it was just like Seattle of all places. Right. I'm like, it really mm -hmm. broke my heart. Even my son who lives there and him, his wife, they didn't, 
go over and visit just because, you know, it's, especially Seattle was such a hotbed, you know, in earlier in March, it was just like, no. But, you know, we're safe and it's good. I'm right. glad you're doing well. So let's jump into this topic. Tell us whatever you want to, a little bit about just your background growing up, what, you know, just just talk to us a little bit. And we'll see where it goes. What do you want people to know? Okay. Um, well, I grew up in the church, um, you know, my entire life. I actually was in Church of God in Christ. Uh, it was the dom denomination that I okay. uh, grew up in. Yeah. And I literally went from, you know, growing up in the church, of course, like singing and right. And like, choirs and conference choirs and you know every youth choir and you know, um singing solos leading songs and all that stuff um and i never like felt like i left the church i probably stopped attending for a year maybe a year and a half uh before i found new covenant in 2003 okay so you've been there you've been there a while so growing up, did you have Church of God in Christ, right? That's what you said? Right. And I, I know that you're, you know, obviously a, a worship singer and everything, a worship leader. So um, did you have, like, how, what brought you to New Covenant? Where's the transition between where you were and how you got there? Were you in an, the, you weren't in an affirming church prior to that, correct? No, I was I was still in the church that I grew up in, uh, Church of God in Christ, until I was about, I think, 19 um, was when I really kind of just, I stopped attending. And then shortly thereafter, I found New Covenant. Um, a friend of mine, actually, there were two things that happened. Okay. A friend of mine mentioned it to me and it had invited me. Uh, I was very hesitant because I, I kind of, I'd heard of like, oh, it's this gay church. And I was like, hmm there's no such thing as a gay church like I was like what are they what are they taking out of the bible I just didn't you know I was like mm, I don't know if I believe this or whatever they believe um but the other thing that happened so my friend had already invited me mentioned it this is so random but this is how it happened yeah I was working um I was working like three jobs at the time like three part-time jobs one of my part-time jobs was at a Krispy Kreme like in in Atlanta, in the city. And one night, sure enough, Bishop and I think Johnny was there. Johnny may not have been there, but it was uh, Bishop and a bunch of other guys from New Covenant, like way back in the day, they had all gone out to um, some sort of performance or something. And they were, they stopped by there to get donuts on their way home. Well, you know, I was helping them and they went and sat in the lobby and ate and then they left. Well, I was cleaning up the lobby later that night and on the table was uh, Bishop Randy's card, his business card for the church. And I put it in my wallet and I was like, okay, that's that church. I knew exactly what it was. And I was like, okay, that's my sign. That's my sign that, right. that I need to go check this out. And the other funny thing about that is that during the time that it happened, that he had come in and left the card and I found it and everything, I was fasting right then. Yeah. Um, so just, there was a lot going on, you know, and I was like, okay, this is a huge sign. So sure enough, I, I, uh, let my friend know that I was going to come visit. I finally visited the very first time I literally missed the service. I got there late. I literally got there at the end when they were having a, an altar call and 
I went, sat on the back row and I just remember like walking through the doors, I could tangibly feel the love of God hit me. I hadn't been in a service or anything. I couldn't explain it, but I could feel it. And I was, I was overwhelmed because I knew that feeling and I knew yeah. that it was real. And I was like, Oh, this is not what I expected. And, um, I, like for the first two months that I was there, I couldn't even barely worship. I would just stand up and just cry. Because uh, yeah. Overwhelmed because number one that it existed and number two that I felt God so strongly in that place. Did you feel like so when you came out with when you came out when you came when you left the church you grew up in what caused you to leave that was there a separation with your faith and reconciling or you just what um, was going on? No, it actually wasn't a faith thing. It was actually more of a um, uh, there was a lot going on in the denomination at the time uh-huh. and. I- family was leaving the church that we attended like all those years and and they started attending other churches and they weren't the same um but i you know i guess as my family transitioned out of that other church i kind of felt a release because i wasn't feeling anything this kind of the same as the from the Uh church that we but i wasn't going to go back there so i just didn't i don't know i kind of felt like i didn't have a place anymore i guess Mm mm-hmm and so when you when you're saying like when your friend invited you to New Covenant and for our listeners we'll make sure that we put um, a link in the New Covenant and who you're talking about Randy was actually going to be one of our other guests that I'm interviewing tomorrow so it kind of all ties in but um, you did you just have a thought that gay and Christian didn't mix or at least in a church setting or because you're saying like I think you said something about when your friend invited you that hesitation of like, what are they missing or maybe misinterpreting or so was there a preconceived notion on your part? Oh yeah, absolutely. I did not think that, you know, cause I was raised in the same thing that most people were saying that, you know, gays were going to hell and homosexuality was wrong and all of these things. Um, but I knew how I felt personally about myself and my relationship with God. And then I knew what people were saying. And I was still very much influenced by that at the time. And so I think I had to have an encounter the way that I did of like feeling Holy Spirit so strong to know. Cause like, I don't know, I feel like I, you know, I had just been around it so long that I can pinpoint like, Oh, that's not it. You know? so quickly and so when i walked in there and it was so authentic and so real i was like this is undeniable like there was no there was no denying it yeah so i want to unpack something that you said a minute ago and i i know exactly and you it's hard to explain without getting into christianese it's hard to explain to people if if their church or experience or their faith experience is different just how utterly mind-blowing it is to tangibly feel the presence of what you and i would call the holy spirit to tangibly feel the presence of the lord it's very hard to explain um if 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 you haven't had that and haven't had that encounter but once you have especially depending upon how you've raised you know when something feels watered down as as well you said something a little a couple minutes ago about you knew how you felt about yourself inside, like you and God, um, but yet you still had these other voices, or you mean like society or whatever. So where was the, 
Rose, because um, I think this is important for our listeners because uh, you're the first one I've interviewed so far that seems like they were really like, I, I really was, and I want to put words in your mouth, like you were okay, it sounds like. Um, and so it doesn't sound like there was this big internal struggle between you and God, and correct me if I'm wrong, but yet you realized the the other voices where a lot of our listeners are either right now or have been at that place where there's that struggle. Like I've got my own. In fact, I've asked uh, Randy to interview me because I figured it'd be easier for somebody to interview me than just to, you know, word vomit and tell my own story. Uh, because I might, you know, I might, it's better sometimes to be asked questions, but I mean, I went through that. So what was, so you had the sense that God loved you and that you knew who you were. And then what were the voices on the outside that conflicted with that? What, what were you picking up on? Yeah. So I, I, there, I won't say that there wasn't ever a struggle. There was some, um, but it wasn't like super strong and it was, I think it, it kind of like wrapped up pretty quickly, but, um, you know, I, there was always in the back of my mind, those voices that you hear from the pulpit or from, um, the media or from your parents that say, you know, oh, well, you know, gay people are, you know, that's not of God and he doesn't, yeah, all the stuff, all the, you know, the clobber verses, all that stuff that people want to debate. And I, I, I heard it and sure that put like this, um, I don't know, like maybe like a spark of fear, like deep on the inside, but like overall I felt like, you know, I know where I am with God. I know that I know that we're cool. And so I just didn't feel I like, like that. We're talking cool. about I think yeah. that'd be the title of your broad, your broadcast. I know that we're cool, you know, <laughs> because that's where we want to get to, right? That's, you know, my hope for people listening to this is that we, we tell their stories and we provide resources for them and outlets for them. Again, really regardless of their faith for, you know, for those GLBT people that are Christians or raised in a church and this that obviously we want to get them connected with new covenant or wherever else. If somebody's in a different way, we still want to get them connected, you know, to know that like what you said, we're cool. And yeah. one of the things I was talking about with, um, I think Doug Fool the other day, we we're talking about and Bob to a extent because there's a there's a theme no matter how many interviews I do there's going to be an underlying theme it's the same thing with my podcast a tagline which is being you because you're enough and that's my you know my authentic dev podcast is like here's Debbie the the good bad the ugly you know she you know just kind of like the gal on Ellen I I love Jesus but I might swear a little you know I mean it's like you're going to get all points in me. I'm, I'm not at that point where I'm like trying to be this or that or a podium person. I'm just like, this is who I am. And there's a whole bunch of different levels to me. And for GLBT people, it's like we know who we are, but there, until we get to that place where you're talking about, we fight with that, with that inner, with that inner thing. And especially for, anybody being raised in the church because there's always that thing of oh if there's the slightest chance i'm being deceived you mm -hmm. know that scripture the very elect could even you know and it's like oh my gosh am i being deceived and people are so prone to wanting us to think the way it's kind of like you're led by the spirit and you respect your leadership obviously and everything and that's all great but at the end of the day 
you know how to hear the voice of the spirit for yourself mm -hmm. right and nobody can really shove that down and say here's my prepackaged wrapped here's holy spirit in a little baggie and i'm going to give it to you because mm. that's you know what i'm saying it's like you've mm -hmm. got to know for for yourself and i think a lot of people that's what i'm kind of hoping through this is that they can get that what you said i know that we're cool yeah i know i have a saying i say with god all the time and um or just with others it's like look i'm not perfect but i know i can't mess it up mm. right i mean it's like it took mm -hmm. me a lot of years to get like sure i, I have things to work on I, I don't even you know i don't you know i don't need to tell you your junk and vice versa because I, I know how to hear from the spirit i know when i'm wrong I know when he's working on me, but at the end of the day, I'm not judged by how good of a day I had, right? I'm just loved. Right. right. And um, so it sounds like even though you knew that, when you walked in and you experienced that presence of God in that environment, it sounds like that was a watershed confirmation type of moment for you that you would feel what you knew was real in, mm -hmm. in that place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it just, it brought me so much opportunity to kind of do over some of the things that like, you know, places where I had been hurt, like in my heart, like I felt like God gave me like a new covenant as like a place to like come and like heal those things and like renew spiritually. And it, it was life changing for me. Yeah. And you've been there, what, 17 years now? I know forever right. going on. <laughs> so you kind of grew up there, didn't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. I absolutely did. Yeah. So what, um, that's, that's awesome. And I, I, I love that. I'm just stuck on that. We were cool that, that we're cool, uh, because it's such an important place to be, to know that we're good. Mm -hmm. We're either created in love and in the image of perfection because if we're in his image he's perfect you know um, right we're created in this perfect image by this loving god and we really can't i mean we have we have guidelines just like a parent you know i'm a parent my son's grown there's a reason why i say don't put your finger in the fire because right? <laughs> you're going to get burned but at the at the same time it's like even with my son there's absolutely nothing i can do there's nothing benjamin could do where i'm not going to stop being his mom where i'm not going to be team benjamin you know he might he might do something terrible and disappoint me but there's nothing he can do there's like literally nothing even though he's 32 years old there's nothing he could do where i would stop loving him right and yet so many people out there are GLBTQI, intersex, whatever, um, still struggle with that. What's something that you want to tell them? What, what would be something you'd want to tell somebody who is struggling with that right now? Hmm. To, to have grace with yourself. Um, and to take your time, like there's no rush in, in any of these processes. Um, I don't know, but mostly just like having grace and not getting bogged down and like, uh, like, uh, what am I thinking? What am I trying to say? Not getting bogged down in just like legalism and, um, 
just they they need to have some sort of uh they need to have some sort of like freedom encounter i don't know another way they need like they need freedom to like <laughs> completely blow up their lives and to understand like you're not you're not bound by some rules that somebody told you right. um you have to truly get to know jesus for yourself not for your mom not for your family not for society or what anybody else thinks like for you personally and that's a word for anybody right there yeah there's, there's so many people that that don't know jesus as a friend mm -hmm. you know um when i was much more religious when i was first really knew the lord and i was younger and really zealous and you know um it was just a freak you know i mean it was just like it's like that thought of you know my way or the highway when i was married to ben's dad I, you know well before any any you know thing happened in my life differently i was one of those people you totally wouldn't want to meet like oh my god if you just pray enough or you know this or that and um you know i have a couple uh lesbian friends from uh my one of my best friends from high school who was a lesbian and um you know i was married and I, you know, in love, I was telling her, oh, now this and that. And I don't even know where she stuck with me. You know, now we both laugh, you know, because, you know, my life took a different turn. But I was so convinced. I remember what a, what, what a jerk I was, even though I wasn't trying to be a jerk. But that self-righteous, like, you know, thing. And I had, I have no framework. For how you could possibly believe it's okay. This is mm. as a married little charismatic, a glow worship leader, straight lady, you know. Even though I probably looked like a tomboy, you know, I mean, it was like, you know, I had no framework at all. And so I would like in love, you know, tell my gay friend, you know, how she can change or I, you know, tell her why her religion was wrong or, you know, and it's all like, because I'm thinking I'm trying to help you. <laughs> And, and even though in my heart, it really was, you learn that there is a right way to have a conversation and a wrong way <laughs> to have a conversation. One brings life and the other one just pushes people, right? Mm -hmm. way. Right. I, I was a mess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've all been there in some form or fashion. But it's like, how come we we never came to the thought like, is this our, is this my job? Is it my job to tell people they're going to hell? Is it my job to tell people what they're doing wrong? No, nobody nobody told me to tell everybody what they're doing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's for that's for a different conversation that we could go on a rabbit trail. But I'll stay because I that's in the last couple of years, you know, uh, even as I do these podcasts um there was a little hesitation to do the podcast because my friend my range of friends and acquaintances is wide yeah and it scares christians uh. <laughs> you know it's like oh my gosh debbie you're interviewing this person does that mean you're that i'm like no it means i can actually have a conversation and i'm not the little crazy charismatic housewife that's beating everybody over the head with their King James Bible like I was when I was 24 years old, you know, I mean, yeah. it means that I've actually grown a little bit 
and I can have a conversation with somebody who believes differently than I do and lives differently than I do, and we can still chill out and have a glass of wine and laugh and they can say whatever and I you know we don't I don't have to change my language for them or vice versa. And right. it's kind of this and that makes people nervous. Um uh, like, oh my gosh, what's Debbie into? It's like, no, Debbie's still into Jesus. Hello. <laughs> Just ask. All you have to do is ask. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it's kind of the same on the gay issue too. There's so many people that will only have a conversation if you come around to their way of thinking, like you said, mm. you know. You had said something about give yourself grace for those people listening who, even though grace is a common word, who might not have been grown up in church and have maybe the same, the word grace packaged the way you and I would think of it. How would you unpack that for them as far as being okay with who they're? Unpack that word a little bit for, say, the non-Christian. Yeah, so... Um, have grace with yourself as in um, be be kind to yourself be easy with yourself give yourself time and space um, to heal the way that you need to before you rush into any big you know decisions or life changes um, have grace with yourself allow Holy Spirit to to help walk you through it as a friend as a comforter um, to to allow yourself peace through it to shut off like any kind of torment that you yeah. have surrounding that and um and truly deal with the trauma that's there and i mean just be easy and be slow take your time and be kind with yourself yeah there's a that's good i like you said be kind because I don't think we're very kind to ourselves all the time. I think almost being kind is a learning experience, you know, for ourselves. Um, especially, you know, as Christians, even with the Lord, it's so easy not to be kind to ourselves, which is, which is crazy. But for somebody who maybe doesn't have that support or doesn't have that in internal strength that you had even young in that knowing, that were cool, how do they, how, how are they kind to themselves when there's so many people or even society saying they're not, you know, yesterday I had, I have a couple of girlfriends in New York and a one in California. We call ourselves the sage babes, which is hysterical because I've never burned sage in my life, but um, they're, they're very sagey. <laughs> so, so, and she has a business called Sage Soul, whatever. So we're the sage babes. And it's, it's funny because I'm the only one who's never burned sage or anything. So, but we had a little virtual happy hour uh, yesterday because it's always five o'clock somewhere. That's, that's, <laughs> that's right. what we say at work is it's five o'clock in Wakanda always. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we had a little Wakanda hour virtually on Zoom, which was really, which was really fun. And, um, but somehow we got, they're all straight and married and somehow we, I don't know how we got on. I think we were talking about the podcast. They were saying maybe they had some people um, that they thought would be interested to both listen and, and be a guest. This is all cool. And I don't know, we got on the subject about holding hands and, um, I said, you know, the thing is, uh, 
because they were surprised like well is this are these issues still going on or is it getting better i'm like well things are getting better but society is always evolving i go look i live in texas now i can walk down the street and hold hands with susan but there's always that little thing in the back of my mind and this is just me little miss fixer you know um the little codependent part of me there's always this little thing about if somebody walks by with their kids and, uh, or this or that, there's that, always that little thing about feeling like you're different, even mm -hmm. though I know that I'm okay. And they were really shocked. They're like, really, you go through that? I go, well, I'm not like walking wounded, but I am aware of where I am, even though I know that I'm okay. Um, you know, now you've got whole families where the kids are very open and the parents teach them love is love, but still that's probably like 95 to five percentage wise you know i go right. so I'm, I'm very aware and so there's always a little bit of for me anyways maybe a little ting of sadness that will hit me or we're just like you're reminded almost yeah that, that you're different mm -hmm. and uh for people like you were saying be kind to yourself that's really hard if you don't have a support system and the world isn't being kind to you yeah yeah you know how do we how do we help those people how do how do we help them uh we have to be examples you know one of the best ways is to show them you know we have to be kind with ourselves and we have to have grace with ourselves and with others yeah. um show that you know it's okay it's okay we're not you know we're not gonna be perfect but you know there's it's okay to be okay. Like it's okay to, to take yourself, you know, and do what you need to do for you. Like it's not selfish. Exactly. And that's why I think, you know, for my podcast, I called it the authentic dev podcast. Cause I'm like, what do I really have to offer people? Like, I could sing, I can prophesy, I can do all that stuff. Could teach. You start going through all your list of gifts and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but what would be the most benefit for people? is just to have somebody say you are okay mm. just like you said that that to have grace for yourself and you said something really important right now when you talked about being kind and having grace and being an example is really about being okay with yourself and loving yourself because people are gonna know like you can you and me man see i've gone off sugar again i haven't lost all the weight yet Probably because there's sugar and wine, but that's a different story. But at least I'm not I'm not eating the donuts and stuff, right? Mm. Now I'm tempted, but I'm not gonna. Um, but there's um, wait, I'm having a senior moment because I just lost my train of thought. This happens. See, you're not in your fifties yet. It, it, I won't speak it on you, okay? But <laughs> it it does it does happen. But here we go. But you were talking about being okay with yourself and they see that and people know bull. Yeah. They, they know BS. So if you have, if you're trying to t tell somebody, Hey, da, 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 and I'm okay. And God loves you. And it's okay to be gay. And let's go jump and sing the YMCA or whatever. But yet you display kind of like a poverty mindset with them and everything is woe is me or whatever. Then it's like speaking out of both sides of your mouth and so yeah. we really is it's about being um being sensitive one of the things i found is just like and that could be the prophetic in me too but 
you know, when you're out and about, right, and you're at Starbucks or you're in, well, or when we used to be at Starbucks <laughs> or wherever, right, and somebody pings on you, you know, you, you get that, you get that impression or whatever, and you, or maybe for me, sometimes I'll feel a lot of empathy. I'll start to feel really sad or something. I'll go, wait a minute, that's not mine. Takes me a minute sometimes to realize, wait a minute, that, that's not, that's not mine. I'm feeling it for somebody else. And you, you know, and to be able to go up to somebody, just even smile at them. To even smile at somebody and make eye contact, I think is one of the most powerful things we can do with mm -hmm. somebody and then if a conversation happens it happens but sometimes you don't need a conversation yeah i don't know i'm just going on a rabbit trail i know when susan and i were on the road you know we would go into malls and stuff and prophesy over people and all that and sometimes the first couple months we'd sit at starbucks or whatever and we just kind of wait to see who the lord lit on and then we would, you know, say, oh, there's a gal with the, you know, the blonde dreads. We're going to go talk to Janica, you know, or whatever. And we go talk to them. And I remember one time we were at a battleground mall in Kansas City, Missouri. And, uh, and it felt like a battleground. It was like the minute you walked in the mall, I could feel. It was like, ooh, it was, it was a little thick. Um, mm -hmm. But I remember sitting there and I was like, okay, Lord, who do you want? Who you want to speak to because that was my mo right right and uh all these people are walking by and i'll still remember to this day uh the lord said all of them i said no lord maybe you didn't hear me i meant like who do you want to speak to like mm. let's go <laughs> i'm boston got around because you know that's how we you know that's how i am so and he's like all of them and i'm like you know it's really jack i was like uh this isn't how it works you know <laughs> I was having this moment and he said every single one of these people you're looking at even the ones who are smiling have something going on yeah every single one of them needs something you know yeah. and that's kind of that thing is just remembering like you said being an example just remembering the people we bump by and it doesn't have to be like oh that person's a gay person let me make sure they're okay with themselves you know just people <laughs> we're not going on a a fairy hunt for lack of a better word you know let's let's go stereotype everybody and drag them all down and make sure that they know they're okay but there is an element of letting people know that they're loved and are okay and they really the only way i think to do that is by connection and mm -hmm. the, the talks about the lord or whatever those will those will all come you know whatever your part is that we had a part when we were on the road we would say um somebody say well how many people did you bring to the lord or this or that you know when, when susan and i were traveling it's like well it depends upon what he's having us do that day today we might be the gardener maybe we're planting the seed or we might be the waterer and watering a seed that's already been planted we might harvest but a lot of times we're pulling up weeds mm. you know what i'm saying like we we walk around city to city and there's a lot of weeds to pull up so the weeds of false beliefs, the weeds of that self-loathing or whatever else. And um, that's what reminds me when you're saying be kind to yourself and everything. And for us to be kind, it's not always about hitting people over the head. See, when I was a little straight lady, which I never really was, but when I was married and everything, I was hitting people over the head with a, a freaking shovel. Thinking yeah. About helping them. Yeah. 
And it's never about hitting people over the head with, <laughs> with any of it. I mean, you have to come at it from a place of love and a place of relationship. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so what kind of ministries does obviously Covenant Network, you know, is a, is a huge, you know, affirming GLBT, you know, um, ministry, uh, I haven't been there in a couple of years. So for right now, does, uh, do they have any specific, um, outreaches beyond the, the pride outreaches as far as, uh, reaching, um, GLBT or GLBT youth or any specific ministries going on there right now? Um, well, we actually, you know, we, we finally purchased our own property. Um, so we have like our own little campus now, you know, we have a, a prayer house, we have an ed education building, we have mm -hmm. our main sanctuary. So we have a lot of opportunity for out community outreach now. Um, we are in the East Atlanta neighborhood, like uh, for people that are familiar with Atlanta, we're right down the street from East Atlanta Village, which is like a huge um, kind of like entertainment and restaurant district. It's not huge. It's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's well-known popular, well I guess. Known. Yeah. 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 Um, and so we're right down the street from there, but our church is situated literally in, in the middle of a neighborhood. So we have... Wow. Yeah, so we've gotten a lot of visitors, like, from the people that live across the street and the people that live right around the church. Um, they've come for different events that we've had. Like, we've, we've had cookouts, and we've had fall festivals, and, um, you know, we have people join us for those things. And, and we've seen, like, people, like, repeat, you know, for, um, like, New Year's Eve, and they'll awesome. just show up for, yeah, they'll show up for the different, like, evening events that we do in the neighborhood. So that's fun. Um, just, uh, you know, we have a back to school fair that we've been doing. So um, we've been trying to come up with, you know, any opportunity to really reach the people that are specifically around us. Cause we, we find that as, you know, our calling is definitely to the LGBTQ IAS, you know, in Atlanta but mm -hmm. also our immediate neighborhood and how, how can we serve those that are on our same street. And that's awesome because that is your, that is your mission ground as far as the local area and even the people on your street. That's like what I know with this podcast, like somebody's going to listen to this podcast because Janica's on it. They, they don't <laughs> care about me or know about me, but they're like, oh, my buddy Janica, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to Janica. Right. And those people may know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody that says, no, come listen to my friend Janica, right? Or come, come yeah. listen to this person or to this person. It's all through word of mouth and relationship. And that might be the person, five people removed that needed to hear what you had to say. And yeah. it's, it's a chain link. So even people in your community, especially with your cookouts, even if they're not gay, it's not about only having gay people listen to this. Right. It's about anybody so that they can hear and relate and then share with, you know, who, who would benefit. So by you guys doing those cookouts and all of those things, you know, they, they're going to hear, they're going to know that, you know what, this is a safe place. Oh, right. my, my friend at work, she's, her son just told her he's gay. You know, oh, what, you know what, this is a safe place. It's right. kind of like Kathy Baldock, right? Oh, hold on. Let me, you know, here's, oh, here's, here's awesome. a safe place, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what it's, she is amazing. And that's what it's about. Well, I'm going to, you ready for some questions? I guess. You guess? <laughs> okay. All right. 
So I'm going to do the serious one at the end. I'm going to flip it around. If you were going to open your own business and money was not an object, what would it be? <sighs> Probably a coffee shop. Um, I've, you know, I've been a barista forever and you know, it's off and on and always something that I'll probably do. It's, it's, it comes easy for me. I love it. I love being creative with coffee drinks. I'm good at it. Yeah. Um, I love coffee. It, it's fun. Yeah. And then there's also like the artistic expression that's always involved with coffee shops. So like music is always, you know, music is a huge part of my, me right. and my life. And so, and music is a huge part of like coffee houses and coffee shops. So, um, and then like the element of coffee houses and coffee shops that I love is just community building. Like everybody meets there. People have like, you see people coming to have like Bible studies or, you know, doing homework or whatever it is. People meet, you know, meeting old friends. Like you always see community being built and like fostered in coffee houses and coffee shops. And I'd like to see more coffee houses come back because, um, I, I like those coffee houses that are like individually owned, you know, big leather couches. And, um, there's one here in Washington, a gal, I don't think, you know, uh, Danny, um, she used to go to new Co- to the church um, pastor pastor Eric Pastor Eric thank you yeah, yeah and Danny I, used to be the worship leader there right yeah. so I'll go visit Danny every now and then she lives over wherever I don't know where the blue bonnets are and uh, her and I me and Susan went down there I can't remember what she moved to this little small city so she doesn't live right there in Austin anymore but she lives about an hour out or so, but it's in the boonies, okay? Yeah. And so it's just this little, these, you know, a couple little side buildings and antiques and this and that. And there's this, um, and my, oh, I've got it on. Um, fuel, it's called Fuel. Co- oh, wait, you can't. It's called Fuel <laughs> Coffee House. And you go in there and it's got, you know, games and bookshelves, but lots of seating, tons of wingback chairs and leather couches and games and then it has a stage and it has a permanent piano that sits up there a not electric uh you know a piano freestanding piano and it's got mics and they do all those different things and like we were there and danny just gets on the piano and we just start singing and you know i mean and it's just that's my kind of coffee house and you know starbucks like starbucks used to have bigger chairs and that's kind of like "Eh." You know, it's like, oh, my God, you know, my butt's this big and their chairs are this big, you know, it's hard to get in. But I would be, I could see you doing that for sure. That would be fun. So I say do it. Um, why not? What do you have to lose? Well, money, but who cares? Just, you know, do, but I could see you doing that and have the vibe. I'm always looking for coffee houses that have a vibe. Yeah. You know, it's really for me. I mean, I like coffee, but at the end of the day, for me, it's the whole community totally. thing and the vibe. So. Next question. When was the last time you laughed so hard you cried and what, what was it about? Oh my goodness. Um, oh, probably, uh, FaceTiming some of my friends, um, specifically Jeremy and Doug in Dallas. Yeah. Um, anytime that we FaceTime, oh my gosh, just, we just come up with the craziest things and we just laugh the whole time. Yeah. That's cool. Laughter is good, especially when you cry or you start snorting. Then you know, or when your sides start to hurt, right? Then, then you know 
that you're having a good good laugh. Okay, last question, and you can ask me a question. This one's a little bit more serious. If you could say only one thing, like your parting words, what would you want um, our listeners to know today? Um, I was asked a similar question on another um, friend's uh, in another setting doing kind of the same thing. And I have the exact same answer that, um, don't, and this is for, to me, this is more specifically for people who are, um, still kind of like dealing with LGBT being affirming, um, or people who have, have been affirming for a long time. What I would say is don't settle and never stop progressing. And what I mean by that is it doesn't stop at LGBT affirmation. To me, that is the beginning. And you have to start thinking, which is what I did um, the last couple of years. And it's like, okay, if we've got LGBT affirmation and if some things were wrong about that, that we were taught or that we were told, what else needs to be unpacked and what else needs to be reexamined and what else needs a closer look um, in our own personal theology uh, to say, you know, do I, does that really resonate with me? Do I truly believe that? Does that serve me? Um, Does that serve others? Is that something that's coming out of love or is that something that's, that I'm believing out of fear? Um, There's a lot of things that to break down in our, in what we believe. Um, but to, to be LGBTQ affirming and then think, you know, Ooh, we're really progressive. No, that's just the beginning of, of this like ongoing journey. Yeah. That is really good. I like how you said it. Cause there's always, there really is always something to unpack. We could talk a lot more about that later. Cause that's kind of where I've been. Like I said, it makes people nervous, but, uh, you know, sometimes getting, mm-hmm. it, it makes people nervous when you start bringing your boxes down. Yeah, And you start saying, do I believe that because I've been taught that's what I'm supposed to believe? Or do I believe that at at an absolute DNA, you know, a spiritual DNA level? Do I, do I know it with my knower, Mm. you know, or, or is that just, you know, so that's, that's a whole different conversation, but I like that. So um, what do you want to ask me? Anything is game. Well, it it kind of ties right back into what you just said. Um, cause that got me thinking, you know, when you said we have to let our boxes down, um, that immediately, you know, kind of, uh, resonated with me because, you know, I've been going through some like, you know, deconstruction of some things. And so I sense that you have too, um, and I'm sure you have like over all of your years, um, in the church, out of the church, just, um, when you kind of really start getting down to what you believe. So I guess my question would be, what's the, what's the biggest thing that you've, or belief that you have sort of evolved in that you thought one way about, and now you think differently and and what is it? Ooh, that's a hard one. Yeah, the last two years have been really, really interesting. And without a church covering and stuff, too, it's, it's made it, you know, in some ways it's been great. In other ways, I'm going to preface my answer, if that's okay. So the last couple of years, maybe two, three years, um, really hasn't been a church covering or anything. Um, but I didn't leave Jesus. But there's you go on these journeys and you it's like god is taking me on a journey that i knew was the lord but it also took you on a journey where you started questioning everything you've ever believed Mm -hmm. and so the the 
the, I'm an extrovert, so I'm still going to answer your question. This is my prequel to it. So there's this good part of not having the Covenant Network or anybody else telling you or in gently telling you, and I don't mean that bad. Take that for what I mean. The church as a whole, there's there's nobody telling you, well, Debbie, now think this way and wait, wait a minute. Yeah, you know. no so, influence. No influence. There's zero influence except you and God, the best that you know how to hear him, right? Right. Um, so in one way, that was good. But in another way, it, it has the other opposite effect of nobody to bounce off whether or not you're getting a little out there. Or mm -hmm. <laughs> Accountability. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's like there's, it's not even so much accountability, but, but yeah, just no, none of that, that like where we could sit and have a conversation type of thing, because the, the, the things you're being exposed to, and that you're questioning the, the people or the circumstances, they can't answer that question, because they don't have your background, you know, so as far as boxes coming down, um, I've had to, um, whew, that's a really good question, Janica. I'll try to make it short. So the boxes have come down in the sense of, here's what I've been left with. How about we start with that? Here's the only thing I do know. I know that I serve one God and that, that, that I believe that Jesus is exactly who he said he is. Okay, um, and that there's no other name I call on. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Authentic Deb podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and connect with me at AuthenticDeb.com. There you can book a session with me and request to be a guest on the show. So until next time, this is Authentic Deb signing out. And remember, be you because being you is enough.